Welcome to the Our San Gabriel Valley podcast. This podcast is for anyone who has a growth mindset, is passionate about self-development, and is interested in building wealth through real estate while enjoying a balanced life of work and play. It's no longer just about the destination and grinding through. You can travel. You can treat yourself often. You can spend quality time with friends and family while enjoying the occasional avocado toast. Everything is possible when you plan for it and allow life to give you what you deserve. My name is Sebastian. And my name is Salud. We look forward to sharing our journey as a married couple and business partners in the hopes of giving you unique industry insights, home buying, investing, and selling tips, and highlighting our favorite spots and things to do in our community of San Gabriel Valley. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Our San Gabriel Valley podcast. My name is Salud. And my name is Sebastian. Today we wanted to do an episode for buyers. Right now we're working with several buyers who are looking at homes for the very first time, homes to purchase that is, and we wanted to give you some tips on what are some very important and kind of, or not very obvious things to look out for when looking at homes. Telltale signs of damage, or major problems with major systems in the house. And it doesn't have to be just damage because obviously the fact uh, that something is gonna be there is gonna tell you that something is wrong, but the fact that something is not there also tells you the condition the home is in. What I mean by that is that, for example, if you're looking for cracks in the stucco outside, which is one of the things we're gonna talk about today, then the absence of those cracks is also gonna tell you that the home is in pretty good condition and maybe fairly new. So we wanted to start out by prefacing that as a first time home buyer, if you don't have a background in construction or you're just not very savvy when it comes to home systems such as electrical, plumbing, foundation, and what to look out for, Submitting an offer on a property can be pretty scary because you really don't have an idea of what you're getting yourself into. 100%. And uh, this episode is really way before you submit an offer. So I think the point that we're making today is that, that before you pay for that inspector an inspector is going to be between three and six hundred dollars depending on square footage and it could be a lot more if it's two units three units or the house is is uh, a lot bigger and so before there's a need to get an inspector what we're saying is that visually when you're walking homes you should be able to identify foundational items that are going to tell you if you can feel comfortable moving forward with a house and to the inspection or not Yeah, that's a really good point. This is not to be confused with conducting a general home inspection once your offer gets accepted. So this is when you're walking a home for the first time and you want to see if this house is going to meet your basic requirements. Maybe you want to make sure that the bedrooms are large enough, uh, the kitchen is big enough, you like the layout of the home, and like I said, it just meets all of your basic requirements. Yes, that's absolutely true even before we get to our list salu do you think do you suggest people bring a measuring tape to viewings yeah that's a good idea it's just a way of being proactive and because a lot of the times people i feel have non-negotiables like 
their office space has to be a certain size for whatever reason. And if you find that the office is not going to work out for what you need it for, then why even bother with the rest of the house if that is a non-negotiable for you? That's a great point. A lot of people are working from home, just like we are now. And it seems like a lot of people are going to continue to work from home. And office space is becoming one of the must-haves for a lot of people. So that's a great point. Yeah. So should we get into our list? All right, let's do it. All right. So you get to the house, it's beautiful curb appeal. You walk in and the house looks great. It has a great layout. Completely it's renovated. Completely renovated. It's beautifully staged and it just gives you that homey feel that you're looking for. It's really easy to get swept away and fall in love with the home and get emotional about it without really looking out for those telltale signs of what may be lurking behind walls. What 100%. may be underneath the floors, etc. And you know how it is. You know, how often do we take families to view a home and as soon as they see the staging, which is not even going to stay with the house, but the staging maybe looks very nice. It's new. It fits the home really well. So props to the stager, right? But that's not going to even stay with the home. So you really have to look behind the furniture behind the aesthetics, behind the renovations, and behind the paint color even. Okay, so the very first thing we want you to look out for is to check the floors. So this could be a way of telling whether or not the plumbing may be up to par. You want to look for dipping in floors or sagging, especially near the bathroom, because it can mean that there might be some structural damage if there's been any leaks or maybe even foundation problems. A lot of the times when you walk into into bathrooms, take a look at the, the seams in the doors for the showers or the doors for the tub. A lot of the times you're going to see buildup of uh, a white substance. Maybe that could be salt. It could be different things from, what do they call it, hard water? Um, mm -hmm, like and, mineral? Yeah, mineral minerals from water. And that just simply means that the door maybe wasn't installed correctly or it needs to be reinstalled or it needs, to, it needs more, more uh, adhesive. And so if that's happening, the water is going to come out from there. The water has to go somewhere. So it's going to go from the shower, from the tub, into the tile or the flooring, and that's going to cause damage. Really great tip. Another thing to look for is noticing cracks on the walls. So a crack can mean a lot of things and it can also mean nothing, right? If it's a very superficial crack. So obviously if you see a crack on it, that's why we, we're still 100% gonna suggest you get an inspection and some uh, inspection. And sometimes depending on how big the crack is or where it is in the home, then you may even choose to get a foundation inspection with the, with the specific company. There's a couple out here in San Gabriel Valley in LA, so we can definitely recommend one for you guys. But, so you're right, Salud. Uh, a lot of the times when you see a crack, it could simply be that stucco paint was installed improperly or it didn't have enough time to cure. Or it could be that there was an earthquake or some structural damage and then now the, the earth underneath the house is shifting and that's causing movement in the foundation and in turn cracks on the walls. Right. So 
Just to summarize, small drywall cracks may be nothing to worry about, but larger cracks or ones with discoloration may indicate structural issues or leaks. So look out for that. Hey, San Gabriel Valley, we're briefly interrupting this episode to let you know about our featured local business of the week because you know we love supporting and shouting out small businesses. They need our support now more than ever. And this week we wanna tell you about Sierra Madre Pet Grooming and Spa. They just recently opened here in Azusa and we took FICO, our dog, to get a much needed grooming and pampering session. They were helpful, attentive, and did a great job with him. Reasonable pricing too. You can find their Instagram handle in the show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. Also, pay attention to fresh paint because we all know that we want a new house with fresh paint, but that's not really what we're discussing here. A lot of the times when you see uh, patches of new paint on the ceiling, it could be that there was a leak prior. If it's in the ceiling and it's a one level home, then we can deduct that maybe in the past there was leaks from the roof coming in. If it's a, a two-story home, like we had this happen to one of our buyers before, and it was um, it was in the bottom level of a two-story home, and we found out that the bathroom directly on top of it was leaking prior. And so there was a plumbing issue there. So you've toured the home, and sometimes the house has a basement, and if it does, keep an eye out for water. So if it's recently been raining and the basement looks dry, that's really good news. If it's been dry and the basement appears damp, then you should probably look for a deeper issue and figure out where that water is coming from. 100%, and so this can simply be a burst pipe in the plumbing. It can be, but it can be more expensive items. I have been in places where the house is on a hillside and now this has to do with the drainage behind the house or uh, lack thereof and also having to do with retaining walls. So drainage or retaining walls on hillside and those type of properties can be excessively expensive to fix. Okay, another thing to look out for is the windows so test the windows you want to open and close them do they lock properly um are they cheaper lower quality windows or are they like brand new high quality windows and even though i think most people would agree that the windows wouldn't necessarily be a deal breaker and not the hardest thing to change when improving your home still the cost can add up if you need to replace them down the line also keep in mind that cheaper faulty windows can also drive up heating costs if they are worn or old and need to be replaced. Another thing to look out for is to stand outside and observe the roof. A lot of people are super scared of a roof. And the positive thing that I wanna tell you today is that roofs are just another system, just like plumbing, electrical, AC system. So it's not like one is way more expensive than the other one. So in, this is just an estimation, but I see that a lot of people are not scared of plumbing and plumbing can be anywhere between five, 10, $15,000 to replace in a house. And the roof is about the same price also. 
So it's not something that you need to be scared of. Now let's talk about how to assess the roof. That's what I was going to ask you. What are the things that you're looking out for when you look at a roof? I would say that initially you have to look at the pitch of the roof. Why do I say that? Simply because if the roof is is a narrower pitch, kind of like a church would be, then it's going to be more expensive to replace only because the roofers are going to charge you more money because of the extra risk they're taking in getting it onto that roof. That's number one. Number two, in assessing the actual roof, I've seen, and this is just mild conversations I've had with contractors, and I asked them, what should I be looking at? And so most of the time, you can tell when a roof is fairly new, right? Nothing to do with the installation, but it looks intact. And so over time, the sun is going to deteriorate that roof. And so whenever you see a roof that starts looking sandy, almost like sand is falling off of the roof, that's when you know the roof is getting very old. And just like uh, like paper, I would say paper is similar to the roof in that if you leave paper outside, the, the sun is going to shrink it. Like almost. warp it kind of? It's going to warp it. It's going to... Yeah, and something else I've noticed too when I've seen like really like roofs in really bad condition is that like the the tiles like they start lifting, right? In certain places. So it warps it yeah. and the sun makes it so that the nails also start sticking out a little bit. So that could be an installation problem, but again, the sun damages a lot of things, a lot of surfaces. And so when it starts looking sandy, and especially when uh, when someone gets on top of the roof and it's slippery is because it's just getting worn off because of the sun and because it's uh, just over time and it's going to be time to replace it. Again, an inspector is going to tell you if the roof has 10 years, 15 years, 20 years more of life in it. So this last tip I think is one of my favorite ones because I feel like it's the one that is most often overlooked and that would be to note the trees outside. So trees are often overlooked by buyers because they don't realize that they can potentially pose all sorts of risks. Like it can be catching on fire or falling during a storm and smaller risks include the gutter filling with leaves, roots getting into the basement, or an infestation of bugs. You know, a lot of people love trees, and I'm one of them, actually. And I think it's a selling point to have trees behind or in front of the house. But now something that we have recently encountered, and now we're looking out for a lot, is having a big old tree in front of the house. This may not seem like a problem, but it can really be costly. Removing a tree can run anywhere between three to $10,000, depending on how tall that tree is. And more specifically, we are talking about the sewer line. A lot of the time, maybe 90% of the time, sewer lines run in front of the home, from the home to the connection with the city. And uh, a lot of the times having a tree in front means that the roots are gonna run into that sewer line. Sometimes you can repair that sewer line, but a lot of the time you cannot and you have to replace it. So this brings us to the end of this episode and to recap, what are the not so obvious things to look out for when looking at homes? And they are to check the floors, notice cracks in the wall, pay attention to patches of paint, look for water in the basement, test out the windows, observe the roof, and note the trees outside. 
I hope that this episode was helpful to you if you are currently looking at homes. If you have any questions at all or you need help with buying a home, our contact information is always in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for spending this time with us listening to the Our San Gabriel Valley podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please subscribe, share it, and leave us a review. You can also find us at OurSanGabrielValley.com, on Instagram at OurSanGabrielValley, and of course on Facebook. Bye, guys. So the three things that we want to touch on when it comes to trees is what are the what happens if the tree is affecting or no you say it you say it I don't know what I'm saying I got jumbled up the main three things to consider when a tree is either behind or in front of the property is going to be the size of the tree and how costly it could be to remove the tree I have seen trees cost anywhere between three and $10,000 to remove, assuming that you can do it with the city. And why do I say that? Because the second one is uh, trees like oak trees. In certain cities, uh, in most cities out here, the city protects oak trees and other trees actually. So it's important for you to understand which ones those are. And the city is not going to allow you to cut it down, even if it's a big old tree posing a problem or a risk to your home. Um, a lot of those times, if you remove that tree without the permission of the city, they can the city can find you up to $15,000. And it's something crazy that they would want to they, they're going to make you plant another 50 trees in place of that one, which is insane. But again, you have to check with building and safety and planning for the specific city that your house is in so that you understand the implications of that tree. And then the third one that we recently found out about is that 
something that we were not even thinking about. And so when you have trees in front of the house, most of the time the sewer line runs from the house to the front of the property line to the main line in the city. And big trees entail big roots that can potentially go through those sewer lines and that can post a big cost down the line also, or even in the purchasing process. A lot of the times when you have to remove or replace a sewer line, that can be anywhere between eight to $15,000. And that is really depending on how far you have, uh, how far it is between the house and the point of replacement. Okay, that was good. I think that's the last one. Oh, Still going. But yeah. Yeah, so who would have thought, right? When it comes to trees, now when you go see a property, that's the first thing you're gonna look at. Mm-hmm. All right, so the last one would be to just eyeball electrical and plumbing. So most of the time, electrical and plumbing issues will be hard to notice with just like the naked eye, but there's lots of things you, you can look out for, such as is there a lot of exposed wiring? Uh, does it look like X, Y, or Z was installed correctly? <laughs> What's X, Y, or Z? I don't know. <laughs> no, when it, when it comes to plumbing, uh, just pay attention to the most obvious things. Um, go under the sink and uh, open up the cabinets, take a look down there, see if there's any mo moisture or any water leaks from the sink coming down. If you see that the wood is damp, it's gonna tell you that there was a leak before and then just ask the sellers to disclose that or the listing agent to disclose that. Go to the bathroom, do the same thing. Look at the ceilings. If, uh, if the house is a two-story house, take a look at the ceiling and see if you see any patching or any, any um, spots that would entail leaks from, from plumbing. When it comes to the electrical, just, uh, you know, no one is asking for you to be a professional plumber or electrician, but take a look at the some of the simple things that you can look at. So uh, turn on and off all the switches in the house to make sure that they're installed correctly and that they're actually turning on the lights. Go out to the, the panel box, take a look at the breakers also. And a lot of times, you, at the very least, you can see if it's a really old box, a panel box that's maybe from... 50 years ago, or is it a new panel box that was just installed? Uh, a pro tip is if you look at the panel, the electrical panel, and a lot of the times you're gonna see a little... Switch? No. Knob? Uh, a lock. Oh. A lot of times when you take a look at the electrical panel, you're gonna see a little lock that usually that's uh, said onto the electrical panel by uh, water and power. If you don't see a lock and you see a new electrical uh, panel, then that's gonna mean that they probably did it without permits. Now, I don't wanna make any implications, but that's obviously something that you can note. So then uh, you can ask uh, the seller to disclose that. And by law, they're supposed to disclose that type of information. Okay, so just to kind of summarize, what are the things to look out for when touring a property would be to check the floors, look for dipping or sagging, notice cracks on the wall, pay attention to patches of paint, 
look for water in the basement, test the windows, assess and observe the roof, note if there are any trees outside, and eyeball electrical and plumbing. Yeah, I think that's all we, all we have for you guys today, folks. That is right. So again, we hope that this helps you in knowing what to look for when you go look at a property for the very first time. And as always, if you have any other questions, we always leave our information in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time. See you on the next one.